You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 469 of Podcateers. This week, the Disneyland Resort is kicking off halfway to Christmas. Mel tells us how she became a wizard. We get a teaser for the new original Pixar film, Elio. Baby Groot joins the party at DCA. Cast members make some amazing art. We're getting new shorts from the studio and Disney Animation. Speedstorm kicks off season two with Toy Story characters along with Steamboat Pete and Steamboat Willie. Dreamlight Valley wraps up their first major storyline. And of course, our Disney history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, continues with 1969 and 1970. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP squad for their continued support. So it is time to jump into the episode. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 469 of Podcateers. It arose or outside my window was a clatter and no. and there was like some some hooves sounds and uh, some jingly wait. are there something. jingly bells i think there were some jingly bells and there's a big fat guy laying on the front lawn i don't know what that was all about but that's earl it's yeah i was gonna say it's june <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> that he's earl. doing out there i don't think it's connected to the rest of this <laughs> Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like halfway to Christmas. Yay! I like. Christmas. I was Everywhere. ready for you to say it's smelling like gingerbread. <laughs> mm, gingerbread. Right. Cinnamon. 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 Toast crunch. The taste. That's the taste you can see. And everyone's hungry. Isn't that kooky crisp? No, no, those are plain old cookies yeah. you can't resist. Cinnamon toast crunch, the, <laughs> the taste you can see. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. And now I'm hungry for a sugary snack. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Disneyland has announced that they are going to be doing Halfway to Christmas. This looks like it's becoming a yearly tradition uh, for what the second year in a row now? Is this the second or third year that they're doing this? I think second. I don't remember. I second, mean, right? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Let's I mean, just say second. Yeah, it's yeah. We'll say it's second. It's been at so. least a year. Yeah, 
So ha- have we established it as a tradition now? Is that what we're going to go with? Because it's the second year in a row? I think you got to do so, it one more time. Three times three is, times three is a times tradition? Three times is a pattern. Yeah. You got to okay. do it. Well, we're on our way to a brand new Disney tradition <laughs> celebrating Christmas there in we go. June. <laughs> Forget July. <laughs> right? Who cares if everything is melting? Who yeah. uh, who doesn't want their hot chocolate with peppermint? And uh, what else do we got? Little snow, uh, snowman and Santa chocolates and different confectioner, confectioner, sugary snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tongue-tied thinking that we're celebrating Christmas in July right now or in June. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I'd really <laughs> You're be... You're really giddy. Yeah, I'd really be happy if... Uh, at Disneyland for halfway to Christmas, they had like Santa, but like at the beach or something like Yo, vacation Santa. That would, that would be, be cute. Awesome. Like I want a <laughs> vacation Santa meet and greet or something. I Ooh. love that idea. You can't stick a Santa in a big old red fluffy hairy costume thing because they're gonna be sweating it out, man. Harry. And I understand. Well, they look all fluffy beard. and hairy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Plus, he's got the beard going and everything. He is hairy. So, like, you can't, you can't overheat Santa because Correct. then how's he gonna make it to if the Santa Claus films have taught us anything <laughs> is that he has to be a specific type of plump by the middle of the year in order to be ready for Christmas. So we cannot dehydrate Santa in the middle of the year. I have two words. A possibility. No, no, that's not it. Those are not my two words. My two words. Jingle Cruise. But in the summer. Yes. I mean, why not? Yes. Why outside, you're fresh. Why not? It's like Hawaii. Come on. (laughs) What if Vacation Santa was the skipper on the Jingle Cruise? There we go. Yeah. He was the cruise director. (laughs) You know, I don't... Speaking of Jingle Cruise, it was like a... It was like the first new overlay they'd done in a while. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this for two years and then just give up on it. And then never do it again. And it was sad. They should bring that back as well. It's adorable. Yes, it was very funny. Yeah. As far as overlays are concerned, I think it was definitely one of the simpler ones that they had. So bringing it back, I don't think is very difficult. Right? No, it's just like I mean, tinsel do... and Santa hats yeah, and exactly. And stuff. It's not like they worked very hard, but the idea was genius. Just mm-hmm. the idea behind it, and to do it in the middle of summer is a great time to bring it back if you're going to be doing halfway to Christmas, right? So I love the idea of having Santa on vacation and doing some kind of meet and greet with Santa in like. Hawaiian like a Hawaiian shorts shirt, or yeah. something and like yeah. a Tommy Bahama shirt or something. It just looks like John Hammond from <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> but with a Santa hat. <laughs> it was like, no, because he like the Santa hat, he can't have it's too that's too hairy. You gotta have what like if, a like a what like if, a Tommy Bahama hat. Okay, but what if oh. it was like white brim, like uh-huh. a like a baseball cap, uh-huh. but it was white brim, red cap. And then he was yeah. wearing like yeah. a white, like a red shirt, like a red Hawaiian shirt with red trim or like little white, uh, like Christmas trees or yeah. candy canes or something. And then some like red and white shorts, like board shorts or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, AI. I that, love it. Yeah, it's great. Summer Santa. I love. All it. he needs is coming bells. to Disney Plus <laughs> this summer. Right. Right. <laughs> we can pair him up with Olaf. <laughs> yeah, Olaf loves summer himself. Summer, summer Santa. <laughs> Dude. I can imagine an Olaf and Santa in the summer short on Disney Plus now. Short, it's a whole series, of, uh, straight to series, thirty-two episodes. Oh man, uh, whoo! Well, I would love to see that. If if any of you would like to see Santa and Olaf team up for a Disney Plus special, leave us a comment. Join the conversation over on Discord or in the comments of the post for this episode on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, We'd love to hear your ideas of some of the shenanigans that Santa and Olaf would get into in their new series. Well, and this halfway to Christmas is kind of just like the halfway to Halloween where like, here's some snacks that are going to happen at Christmas. And maybe we'll show you what the merch is going to be when it comes to Christmas time. They really need to like do more for these halfway things other than like just a social media like thing. It's a yeah. missed opportunity. I mean, outside of the snacks, it really isn't very big, huh? It was really just the announcement of some of the snacks at this point. They're like, here's Mickey and Minnie's Christmas costume this year. I think was the other thing they've announced so far. Yeah. I believe you're right too. But who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us and they'll be like and you know, Summer Santa is out for meet and greets on the Mark Twain or something. I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see a parade with uh, the reindeer and stuff like that dancing. <laughs> but they're like so pulling cool. a boat, I, and Santa's in a boat down Main yes. Street, and he's water skiing yeah. off the back of it. And instead yeah. of snowflakes or snope, they just turn on sprinklers. Yes. And everybody cools down. Everybody and, wins. And they just play yes, like Beach Boys wins. music or something. Oh, yeah. DCA 1.0. Ja- yeah, Look, Jan- we're giving like yeah. golden ideas here. Yeah, DCA 1.0, <laughs> Jan and Dean and the Beach Boys and yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, again, we'd love to hear your ideas of some of the shenanigans that... Santa and Olaf might get into if they had their own Disney Plus series. Join the conversation over on Discord if you haven't joined the community. It's super simple. Head on over to podcasters.com slash links. Click on the Discord button and you will be able to join within a couple of clicks. We'd love to have you there. Hey, before we actually get to real Christmas, let's talk about something that's more traditionally done during the Halloween times. Uh, Escape rooms. Mel. Yeah. You were telling us a little bit about this escape room you recently had an opportunity to go to, and it piqued my interest. Can you tell us your experience and what it was all about? Yeah, I've I've been waiting to do this. <laughs> um, so actually, I've learned about this place. Um, it's called the Hidden Donkey. Uh, they have just one room currently, but I've heard of them from the other... Um, the other escape rooms that I've been to, which is the Mission Escape Room in a Garden Walk, and um, finally had a chance to do, you know, take a chance to go over there about a few weeks ago, and just like any escape room, you know, you're gonna go through an adventure for about an hour, but for this one, I got to be a wizard, and it was so cool. <laughs> yes, I am talking Harry Potter inspired. Oh, yeah. 
I'm going to go ahead and read what their like description is just to give you a little bit of a taste of what it is. So, is so actually I should have said this first. You would be going to the Irvine School of Wizardry for the Dragon Wand. And basically, you're going to become a student at the Irvine School of Wizardry and put your magical skills to the test through some series of puzzles and, you know, challenges. So, what are you going to do in there? You're going to learn magical spells, which is awesome. I'm like, I can't stop giggling because this is cool and I'll, I'll explain later. Um, you could, you're going to brew potions and you're going to unlock chambers. And you're going to do all three in this particular room. Um, I want to say this room kind of, I, okay, so this is my third room. And this one was a lot of fun. Like this one really took me away and I didn't feel that I was in there for about an hour. Um, actually, spoiler alert, we took a little bit more time, but that's all right. We were, they were nice enough to give us like 10 more minutes, but, <laughs> um, so in the escape room, like I had mentioned, you're going to be doing puzzles, challenges, and magical spells. So think just, I'm not going to say exactly what you're going to do, but keep that in mind. And that's a cool part because there's a lot of hands-on. Um, do not wear white. <laughs> oh. Do not wear white. Um, that's something I will say just in case you mess up on your your special your potions and stuff you yeah. but um if you look at your directions you'll be fine you'll be all right <laughs> you're not gonna blow up you're good <laughs> um the secret chambers um i will give you a tip be ready to be flexible <laughs> um oh. <laughs> I, okay, so for me, I have to wear patches on my knees just in case because I have been in a room beforehand where I kind of had a slide through and I was like, I'm ready because you never know. You may have to like crawl. You may have to just go over like a, a window or something that appears, whatever. So just keep in mind, be flexible, be ready. Um... <laughs> especially when you open the magical chambers and whatnot. So that I will say, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but you're going to be, so your spells, you're going to have to use a magic wand. It's, it is so cool. Like you are, you're a student. You're basically a student. And like in the movies, um, whenever there's something going on and their goal is to go free someone or their goal is to go defeat someone, you have, you know, the journeys, you have these things to accomplish, right? So think of, of that. And that's what you're, you're basically in that world. So yeah, it, it was cool. I would highly recommend it. Um, it is about $37 a person. And mm. I would say it's worth it. For sure. Um, I mean, it sounds like it's real life Hogwarts legacy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, literally everything you described is what I've been doing in Hogwarts legacy for the past month or whatever since I got the game or I started playing. Yeah. The game. yeah. That is Pretty much awesome. Like all the little elements, you would find them there. 
That is so cool. How would you... Okay, so I love the idea of having stuff like this in the theme parks. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that Universal... You know, they have interactions with the Magic Wands in the Wizarding World. Um, however, they're pretty limited. Like, there aren't very many things that you can do, but you can go up to certain windows and wave your wand, and there's an interaction that happens. But I would love an experience like this at Universal. And given that Universal already does mazes and stuff like that, how easily do you think something like this could get adapted for from like the the if if it was the same story if it was the same challenges and stuff how easily do you think they could just adapt the Harry Potter IP and just make it an actual thing to do in Hogsmeade at Universal Studios Oh I could I could see it like it's very 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 doable I I would say it's very doable um I mean, honestly, I still don't see why we don't have them at downtown Disney. How do we not? I mean, you could totally do it. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what... Sword in the Stone. That would be like one of the best things to use. Indiana Jones. Yes, Indiana that's Jones. Right. <laughs> yeah. We have talked about We that. have talked yeah. about this before. I mean, Universal <laughs> does in Florida. They do have two escape rooms. Um for i think it's at their city walk or something like that it's called the great uh universal's great movie escape and they have a back to the future and a jurassic world escape room so it's like not out of the question uh for something like this to come to theme parks in general Um, right so it's yeah i uh escape rooms are fun uh, I don't see why, you know, there, there's probably, they're just like probably not profitable enough for Disney to get into them. That must be, everything's about money at the end of the day. So um, that's got to be what it is. But uh, who knows? I don't know. It, I mean, yeah, I see it. I, I totally see it. But if people are willing to purchase or pay 30, 40, 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally. sure like. Yeah. Well, and they it's could the, totally do it. It's the same with like when they had a void there. Like those are small experiences that you know don't have a ton of capacity. So it's something similar. You know how you want to make money too? Haunted Mansion one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd totally be on board for that. You know the thing about, I, I mean, I get it, right? I know that several years ago when Tokyo Disney started doing the. The haunted mazes during the Halloween mm-hmm. season. And we're talking about like the Mad Hatter one and stuff like that. Like, I would have loved to have seen something like that at California Adventure. And I think oh, a yeah. lot of what ends up happening is in order to make any type of escape room, whether it's virtual or in real life, engaging, is you got to have a good story to it. And mm-hmm. Disney's really good at putting together stories, right? And as far as managing it, if you already have companies like like this, like Hidden Donkey, right, that puts together these type of escape room experiences, why not hire them and have them adapt it? Like you have so many IPs that fit so well into it. You mentioned Haunted Mansion, Indiana Jones, you know, imagine a Pirates of the Caribbean escape room or something like that, right? Like anything that has to do with any mystical item or any otherworldly thing, like it can become an IP for that. And even then, I'm sure 
that you can find a way to bring back some kind of retro experience where you have like, I don't know, an old Tomorrowland attraction, you know, Miracles to Molecules, the escape room, and you have to use <laughs> science to get your way out or something, you know? Yeah. There's ways of making these things fun. Like, I get what you're saying, Andrew, that it's probably not profitable. But if you think about it, most escape rooms are dark rooms. They're warehouse rooms where they have very minimal lighting, a couple of tables with a couple of things, unless you get, like, super ornate, right? I was going to say, all the escape rooms I've been to are all uh, decked out to the nines. But they're small rooms, right? It's not a lot that you're working with. Like, compared to the attractions and stuff like that is what I mean. It's not... You know, like Correct. a bathroom yes. or anything like that. Um, you're talking 40 bucks to get into something like this. Why not tack on an additional 20 bucks to Oogie Boogie Bash and make it a part of Oogie Boogie Bash? You know right. what I mean? Like, you know how many more people would be willing to go to Oogie Boogie Bash? You can tack on a few extra days to get more people in there. Like, it's doable. Mm. You know? No, I, I agree. I th- I think right now Disney's just in a weird state of trying to figure out what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how, especially with all the pay cuts and everything that have been going on in the company. But listen, this episode started with banger ideas, all right? Like from Santa and his Tommy Bahama gear <laughs> to escape rooms featuring all your your best IPs, this is the ideas episode again maybe this right? is what you know they're talking about bringing avatar to the parks maybe this is how they do it avatar See, escape look, from look. now escape now you're from just taking pandora look, listen listen you went and ruined a great idea <laughs> i mean if it gets the foot in the door and it proves the prove it's uh it's viable then maybe we get haunted mansion and and indiana jones oh, and we were having such a great time and then you went and said that <laughs> And then after that, then they make an Iron Man one or something. Okay, I don't now know. you're there talking. You go. Now we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Out there finding Infinity Stones with Doctor Strange and Spidey and the, the 3D hologram uh, force ghost of Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man needs you to solve this riddle. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I I would hope that Disney, someone at Disney hears this and they say, you know what? They are right. We do need something like Hire that. Hire them on the spot. Hire them on the that spot. That would be exactly. beautiful. We'll design We're it. ready, Disney. We'll come we with the ready. ideas. I'll design the escape room and everything. We got like whole team here. We can do the whole thing. I'll build it for you if, if you really want <laughs> there me There you go. <laughs> I can do some graphics. I knows Photoshops. <laughs> I knows I uh, table saw. hey speaking of occult and weird things that go bump in the night sometimes uh, i guess this doesn't really go bump in the night but mel you sent us the announcement of this new movie you want to kick off this talk because i am so excited about this yeah i well i mean at this point i guess you guys know sci-fi i it's fun it is so much fun so this this was a pleasant surprise, and I'm talking about Elio. I, I'm gonna say it's Elio, Elio. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's okay. We're gonna learn later. 
So we have a new uh, new teaser trailer from Pixar. It starts off by seeing, you know, our home planet, Earth, as we learned from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> 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 and um, you go on to another scene and we see like most movies or most sci-fi films, you would see like a command center and someone's behind the screens and everyone's taking care of business, right? But suddenly, the screen starts sparkling, shaking, and then they, you see a message. And you're, the person in charge is like, no, no, no. Like, what's, what's happening? This is scary, you know, because one, things are out of whack. And you're like, what's happening? So we kind of seen the situation, but it looks pretty cool. And we meet Olga. And Olga's voiced by America Ferreira. And... She's the one that we see in the teaser trailer. And so the, uh, I believe the message was, uh, oh gosh, I don't remember what the message said. Either take us. Oh, no. bring us your leader. That's what it Bring says. us. There you go. <laughs> I had to double check too. And so on the phone, I mean, she's on the phone because she gets a phone call from her son, Elia. And she's like, no, 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 don't, not right now. Not right now, son. Not a good time. You know, we've seen that too. So relatable stuff. And so something between that phone call and him and her, like, it's cool how he just suddenly just sees these lights. And it's like, hey, alien light woo! like there he goes and he's off to a new adventure and then we see this brand new world which is so cool looking for a teaser trailer this is already eye candy and if you're like a fan of like sci-fi sci-fi worlds even like strange world like that kind of stuff the colors and whatnot like it's cool it's really really cool um i'm already sold but i'm gonna keep going because <laughs> there's a lot more to go. And so he, so Elio is brought up to like a committee. And the best way I could describe it is think of um, the Senate in Star Wars. And you see all the different leaders. Mm -hmm. So Elio's there and then you see them and they're like, hey, you're our leader, this and that. And he's like, no. And, you know, we see the red lights and whatnot. Long story short, it's really cute. It's adorable. It gives me Lilo and Stitch kind of vibes. Like, it's just, it's cool. And at first, I was kind of like, well, Elio looks a little familiar. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Pixar sold me. And I'm a sucker for brand new stuff. So, yay, we have a brand new story. This is so, so cool. So, we're looking at 2024. Um, we don't have anything else right now. And um, Andrew, actually, you brought up Brad Garrett, one yes. of the voices. You recognized him. I couldn't remember his name. I was like, I'm like, uh, Brad Sharkman. Garrett. I can't yes, remember. From yeah, uh, yeah, he's in Finding Nemo. He's right. Uh, plays Eeyore in the newest Winnie the Pooh movie. He's Hook Hand and Tangled. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, you know Raymond's brother, and everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> right. I'll bring up everybody Bobby loves Barone. Raymond. Yes, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> everybody loves Raymond. So in like less than two minutes. What? What? 
This movie's already sold us in yes. less than two minutes. Uh, That's how you do it. Yeah, and it looks yeah. like the other voice cast that has been announced so far is Jamila Jamil um, is playing another one of... They're all called... Amb- I'm watching the, the trailer with subtitles on, and they're oh, all called... Oh, smart. Uh, amb- <laughs> so they have the character names. So they're all called Ambassador This, Ambassador That. So Brad... Uh, so uh, Jamila Jamil's character's name is... Uh, hold on, it's got to come back. Ambassador... Tourist, T-U-R-A-I-S. And then there's an Ambassador Helix, which we don't know who the voice of that is. And then, uh, yeah, there's a couple different ones. Tegman. And then Brad Garrick's character is Ambassador Grigon, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how they're... They don't ever say any of their names. So, But yeah, this looks real fun. It looks funny. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. It looks, it looks silly and fun and... I mean, I'm really happy that we're getting another original film, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about how I grew up with a lot of these stories, you know, growing up with mysteries and learning about aliens and Stonehenge and reading mystery stories and stuff. I love the sci-fi element as well. This one already speaks to my soul in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I was a big fan of a lot of the other original stories that that Disney and Pixar have put out recently. I know that some of them haven't been well received. Um, I think Turning Red was was better received than most of them. Luca, I think, did fairly well. I know Onward and Soul had some troubles. But in... And, or I guess the last really really well received original film that we got was Coco because after that we got what Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4 I believe I think so after yeah uh so i mean we live in a world of sequels right because sequels make mm-hmm. money people are familiar with the characters and stuff like that but this i i oh i love this trailer so much already i don't even care how good the movie is. <laughs> I know it's going to be good. <laughs> I know I'm going to love it. But I feel like I'm already going to connect with it in a way that a lot of other people aren't going to connect with it. And it starts off strong. I mean, the message already is things like this can happen when you ignore your kids. Watch out, parents. <laughs> so it starts off strong, man. So I'm so uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, when is this one? 2024? We're yeah, about March, a year uh, March 1st. Oh, yeah. man, we're a year away yeah. at this point. So, yeah, we got, I don't know. I, I hate to say it. I know Elemental is a few days away, a few a week or so away, I think. It's um, Friday. From the oh, release gosh, of this yeah. episode, yeah. And I know enough about Elemental. I've seen trailers. I've seen promo images and everything. But I have to tell you, I'm way more excited about Elio than I am Elemental in so many ways. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping that Elemental surprises us. But yeah, Elio, it's at the top of my list right now. I just, I want more. I want more. (laughs) So, yeah. Yay. We'll share the trailer over on Discord for anybody that hasn't had an opportunity to watch it. Um, let's see. Hey, speaking of space things, Baby Groot has made his way to the Disneyland Resort. 
he is currently being tested in the Playhouse Disney building. Or uh, is it still Playhouse Disney? I don't think I don't know if they're still it's doing called, Playhouse Disney. It's called the, uh, the Walt. I think it's called like the Walt Disney Theater or something. Oh, they where, renamed it. Okay. Yeah, they did a while ago, but I think it was it was part of the dance party Disney Junior dance party. Yeah. Live or something, but now it's all switched up and looks like space. Nice. So yeah, they have uh you know they do the dance parties with the Guardians characters out in front of uh Mission Breakout. But they mm-hmm. had a little bit of a dance party. They've been testing out Baby Groot. I remember seeing a video of this maybe at the last D23 Expo or right about the time that they were announcing some of the new projects that were going to be coming to the parks. And I I can't remember if Baby Groot actually made it out at Walt Disney World somewhere uh, during the testing phases. But knowing that there, it's actually being tested in real life, like here at Disneyland, uh, makes me excited. I love those animatronics. Uh, I love the type of animatronics that are just kind of free roaming like that. I don't know. It gives kids especially a totally different experience when they see a character or even an animatronic that's closer to their size and stature because it feel like they don't have to look up and it's not daunting like it would be seeing Groot right like like full grown Groot out out walking around like this is just I don't know man finish this and give us Grogu for real just walking around <laughs> like I get that he's in it's Mando's little satchel and stuff but Give us Grogu walking around or in in a in one of the droids saying no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Ah, I just think it would be so fun. It's crazy how all of this started with the trash can and it just evolved to this. Yeah. <laughs> Do they still have push running around Disney World? Not that I know of. I think push was I haven't heard soft retired. That's sad. I say we bring them back. I mean, they did a lot of like different. They've Epcot has had like a lot of different like other robots that were kind of similar to Push, but just like robots. And they had like, remember they had like the Muppet Mobile Lab for a while, which was like a weird thing. And they've 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 tried a lot of different interactive um, things besides Push in the in the time since Push has uh, ceased to exist i guess but um yeah yeah, it's i mean this is really like a linear evolution of that interactive animatronic uh thing if you call push an animatronic (laughs) i would i mean he's basically r2d2 man (laughs) he's just an rc car with yeah. a speaker inside (laughs) i mean hey whatever makes it work Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I think things like Muppet Mobile Lab are still running in certain areas of the park. So uh, it's not just like a Disney World. I think they also took it to Hong Kong and Hong Kong had their own version of it or still does have their own version of it. I don't remember. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I love when they test things like this and I mean, they just get better and better. I If we could see Grogu running around at one point, ah. Come oh, come on. People's hearts would melt. Melt, I say. Have him go after Babu Frick. You are welcome, everyone. Oh. <laughs> Imagine having... Okay, so 
do you think that having a baby Grogu or Grogu, I keep calling him a baby. We don't know how old he is. We so imagine having Grogu eating a frog like he did in yeah in the show. Do you think seeing that at Galaxy's Edge, people would be like, "Ew, oh, oh, how dare you!" That's even or better. Like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do everything. Let him be cute. Let him be gross. Who cares? I mean, at this point, we just think he's a kid. Yeah, so that's true. Make it relatable. Yeah, you know what? You're point. right. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get it. All right. All right. I hope we get to see more of the uh, Baby Groot animatronic uh, over at Disney World and I, or at Disneyland California Adventure. And I hope we get a chance to see more development of these types of things. Because this is just kind of an extension of what we saw at South by Southwest, right? You can tell that Disney's really getting more into this type of animatronic that they want free roaming in the parks. And this is just kind of the beginning. Uh, I will say that between... The two, I don't, I, I know that Baby Groot has been in development a little longer than the Judy Hops one, but the Judy animatronic does a few extra things that Groot doesn't. Like she tumbles and she does the skating thing and stuff like that. If it was any other animatronic, I think it would look a little bit weirder, but I love the fact that Baby Groot takes these tiny steps. I know that mm-hmm. it's doing it for stability. But because of how you know a toddler to walk and stuff like that, they take these tiny, tiny steps when they're walking. How rigid he appears actually plays to his favor, I think. I mean, I look at it and it totally reminds me of a toddler running around. So I think as as we see these animatronics get smoother and smoother in their development, in this case... I, I like how rigid it looks in certain places, especially when he's walking, because it just adds to the whole like visual of this little baby Groot running around. Definitely. Yeah, it's fun to see. And hopefully, like, I don't know how in the testing phase this is right now, like if people are actually able to see it or what's going on. But if you're able to see it, let us know. Send us a video or something, because that'd be cool. That's so cool. All right, uh, let's see. Before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes possible. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to go to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. There you will find uh, some of our top contributors, a little info on the FGP Squad, a link to our Patreon. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But uh, being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, random giveaways, random mailings, and a special section of Discord, just to name a few. So again, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, Melt. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about this article that you found because I just thought this was super rad. You sent us an article about some cast members that created art, uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was really cool. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 
I'm actually really excited to share this because I follow and I've met one, uh, one of them. So Disneyland cast members, they have a contest every year. And this year, they had a contest where for the Disney 100, they were to um, collect recycled items, trash, cardboard, whatever you could think of that's manageable to make anything. And um, so basically they had to take these materials, make it into art pieces that represent the, the uh, company. And so the reason why I'm excited and this is why I was fumbling is because I've met Jody, and um, I wanna say her name is uh, Katie Taylor which is her friend and Jody Heron were the winners for this contest. This was all for um, Earth Month. Basically what they did is they collected 1,923 color pencils. And what they did is they made a desk that's made out of cardboard. They drew all the different Mickeys, all the artwork, and the desk is meant to look like an animator's desk or Walt's desk. And what they did is the cardboard itself is holding all the color pencils. It is so impressive. I want to say the desk is maybe, what, four feet by three maybe? Um, but with the height, you know, maybe about five or six. But um, I, I, seen, I, I saw her promote, I saw Jody promote this on Instagram and I thought it was awesome. I actually didn't even know that they had these until she posted about it. And um, it was just really cool. And I was like, I had to show you guys because one, the, the construction is so good. Oh my gosh, just, and not just that, if you look at like the details of the, the pencil sharpener, Mickey's hat, everything, it's all, cardboard things you would name it everything is is paper or pencil or glue but it's cool i mean like i love this kind of stuff too because it's it's handmade and it's it's just awesome but also the other nine um art pieces that were submitted are still pretty awesome um you're looking at a castle the Kakamora that we know from uh, Moana, a jacket that was sewn. I mean, there's Walt's face, a Mickey made out of <laughs> CD discs. Oh my gosh, I think that's like the coolest thing. Mickey and Minnie, a table, and then you got the crew from Finding, oh, Finding Dory. I was like, Finding Nemo, that's not it. <laughs> and this last one, I don't know what it is, but it's still cool. It's still really, really, really cool. The just the details, the amount of effort, everything that went into these things is just, I honestly feel like everybody should just take a chance and look at it because it's just so cool. Um, I kind of wish this was out in display for us to see in person. It's just so, so cool. Uh, I had to share that with you guys. And of course, it's a cast member story and it's a feel good story. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had to look this up. Um, I'm trying to run them down in my head as you were saying them because I was trying to remember the images. I think the last mm -hmm. one's a Plinko machine. It's like a board oh. with the little pegs and you drop it and it's got like Disney characters at the bottom. That makes so sense. So it, it was like a big Plinko machine or something. But 
I mean, one, the creativity that went into all of these is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. This was uh, part of, well, Disney does have efforts to try to uh, achieve environmental sustainability throughout the entire year. Uh, And this was just part of achieving zero waste to landfill. That's where this came Mm -hmm. from. And I I have to tell you that when I saw the desk, it looks way bigger in the pictures. And it wasn't until I saw the desk next to both of them that I realized what the scale was. Like if I ordered this on Amazon, I would have been super upset that it wasn't full scale for me to work at (laughs) because they did such a great job. Uh, like the the entire like all of the pictures of the mickeys you were talking about that just kind of arch over it just like it looks so amazing it totally resembles the desk that you would see in an animation studio and i remember two or three maybe yeah, yeah three expos ago i remember one of the booths had a tiny little animation desk that you could put together it was like a little paper animation desk and it gave me those vibes but the color pencils just take it to this whole new level that i yeah. would love to see a desk made of color pencils like color pencils and resin or something like this mm-hmm. is an idea that if you're willing to put the time in it would look so cool to have a desk like this i'm so on board i love this so congratulations to both Jody and Katie uh, on this amazing piece of art. Uh, we'll post images of the desk over on Discord so you can check it out because I'm telling you, it's, it's just so amazing. It's such an amazing yeah. piece of art. I love it. What else do we got going on? Oh, hey, since we're talking about studio stuff, we got, um, we got a little peek at a new short that's coming, Once Upon a Studio. I think this was talked about some time ago. Uh, Eric, was it Eric Larson that had talked about this when they were talking about the Cirque du Soleil stuff as well? I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Yeah. Um, I, either way, uh, Andrew, do you want to talk a little bit about Once Upon a Studio? Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton out there right now for Once Upon a Studio, but it's... a. Uh... New short coming. It's, uh, I believe, nine minutes long. I think we know. Uh, it will be playing in front of uh, Wish, the new film coming out. Um, and it looks like this is the short made for the Disney 100 celebration. Um, I've read a couple of things uh, saying that they got 40 different voice actors to reprise their roles um, in this short um so uh, i think josh gad tweeted about it and they're they're using some old uh robin williams outtakes possibly for this um uh this short as well uh there was a little bit of controversy there at least on twitter people were you know screaming about how robin williams put i I lo- I saw a lot of things like Robin Williams put it in his contract or in his will that he didn't want them to use any something blah 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 and I don't think any of these people that are saying this actually know what uh some of the, like I don't I don't think anybody but Robin Williams family and his lawyers know what uh is in his will and only Robin Williams and his you know and Disney know what it was in the contract so 
there there's there's stuff in contracts and then there's stuff that people say if you look into the whole history behind robin williams and the like deal he made with aladdin and stuff there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down with that and we just won't talk about it right now but there if you want to dig deep there's plenty to get into about it um but it this uh short looks really fun um uh, we've only seen one still from it it's just it's genie and olaf um so it's i i don't know if we'll get a trailer for this one um if we do i'll be excited i'm i'm excited to see who the 40 uh, voice actors are who the, the characters are that will be returning. Are they going to? Is this going to be a thing where we see characters like every from every movie? Like not all of them talk, but we see. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's a fun concept, and I'm uh, excited to see what what it what it is and see all the voice actors' names and hear them and whatever. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I just realized it, in my brain started. Uh, as you were talking, my brain was in does not compute mode, and I realized that I said Eric Larson, but Eric Larson uh-huh. was one of Walt's nine old men, and you meant uh, we um, lost Eric Larson uh, almost forty years ago. I meant Eric Goldberg. That's and, who I uh, pictured. I pictured him in his in his I Hawaiian shirt. In his Hawaiian shirt, because <laughs> uh, Eric was uh, one of the like one of the segments I really enjoyed of uh, the Disney Plus series Sketchbook. Uh, he goes into drawing the genie from Aladdin. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to watch Sketchbook on Disney Plus, it's actually really fun. They have different artists going in and showing you the animation of specific characters like Emperor Cusco, the genie, Olaf, Captain Hook. Uh, and it's by the artists that actually worked on them. And uh, Eric Goldberg was one of those people. So <laughs> in my head, I also pictured Eric Goldberg, but too. Eric Larson's name came to my head. And I'm telling you, my brain was like, I, I was melting while you were talking. It's like, no, that's You're like, the wrong I know it's name. not that. <laughs> I mean, it all sounded right. It's a Disney connection. And it's like an Eric, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Okay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. You know, we talked about Santa and Olaf in a in a little summer Disney Plus series but listen if there's enough audio for the genie i don't know man Olaf and the genie seems like a great buddy cop movie for Disney Plus <laughs> Josh Gad also said that Robin Williams was a huge influence on him yeah. being Olaf yeah. and how he portrayed Olaf, right? It was even in his speech when he received his Disney Legend Award. So imagine what it would be like to see Olaf and the genie just trading, you know, just these one-liners in a little buddy cop Disney plus film or something. The amount I'm, of I'm improv. for it. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so good. I mean, I mean, primarily if they did use archive audio, then obviously a lot of that would be on Josh's part, right? But I don't know. Like my take is, and this I think we ran into this with like Carrie Fisher and like some of the other Star Wars characters as well, right? I I get it. I understand why it's a little bit weird, but I I came to the conclusion that if the family and the estate are okay with it then maybe we should be okay with it too. Because mm-hmm. really, who it ends up hurting is the family and the estate if they're not on board with something like this. And mm-hmm. obviously, if 
Robin Williams's voice is being used as part of this project, then I would imagine that his estate and his family is okay with using it. At least I would hope they are, right? So that's where I kind of land on it. Um, is it weird? It can be, depending on how it's used. But I think in this case, they're going to do it justice and they're not going to make it, you know, they're not going to make the genie lose the legacy that Robin Williams has built over time. You know, they're going right. to do it justice, especially if they're going out of their way to use Robin Williams's voice instead of a sound-alike or somebody that's, you know, or AI or anything like that to recreate Dan the Dan Castellaneta, voice. who did it in, yeah. the, in the video film. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm uh, sure they're going to do this with some other older characters, too. Like, there's a lot of people that are dead from that have done the voices, you know, from Snow White on, you know, until somewhat recently. Like, you know, they're they either will get sound alikes for some of these characters, or maybe they'll just reuse some old audio, you know, for Baloo or whatever. Like, you never know what, what they're going to do if they have the rights to the audio. They might do it. And I'm sure they're asking the, you know, especially Robin Williams and, you know, some of the other people. I'm sure they're asking the estate because it's the right thing to do. I think I think the company is in a better place than they are now with that sort of thing than they were back when when Aladdin was going on. Jeffrey Katzenberg was in charge and this was all, you know, him being all cranky about stuff. Uh, mm. So, the <laughs> so you your know. comment. Your comment is actually really interesting because I just I've just uh, found this. So Catherine Beaumont, who's also known as Alice and Wendy, mm -hmm. is actually coming back to voice um, to voice a character in the new Alice cartoon that's on Dis um, what is it? Disney Plus, the, the Alice. Yes, Disney yes. Junior thing. Yeah, 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 she, yeah, she's returning. So it would be interesting to see like someone like her or like you said, whoever's still here <laughs> pretty much. It's like, ah, is there a date like when we're going to get like a list or it's just going to be like surprise kind of thing? I'm Yeah, I'm sure know. it's just going to like be like we'll see and somebody will put a list together once they see it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I don't know. I think this can be this can be its own conversation that we could say for another episode as well. But it kind of goes back to the whole Star Wars debate, right? Like bringing new character. This is just voices, but with Star Wars, one of the biggest things that rubbed people the wrong way was the introduction of new characters and stuff like that. But your franchise has to continue one way or another. You mm -hmm. know, we're seeing the same type of lashback with the MCU. Like these legacy characters that were all part of the Infinity Saga aren't going to be there forever. Like you have to build new characters and you have to go on. And yeah, some of these characters may need to be revisited by new actors, right? Because the original actor may just not be around after a while. But I mean, it happens all the time. Look how many Spider-Mans we've had. You never know. Mm -hmm. One day, it could lead to a multiverse of Alice in Wonderland or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, right? So, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I see the business side of all of this, and I think that's why it's easier for me to be okay with stuff like this. As a fan of some of these properties, you don't want to see your favorite characters replaced, but... 
I think the original characters or the original voice actors for some of these characters understand that Disney has to continue and they have to, you know, bring in new audiences that a lot of the audiences that currently exist are living on, you know, legacy fans from, you know, years ago that are bringing their kids now. And I think one of the best examples and one of the most graceful examples that we've seen of this is how Jody Benson has been absolutely supportive of Halle yeah. Bailey's portrayal of Ariel in The New Little Mermaid. And so I think the more that we see this as Disney trying to build an audience for the future, building something for the current generation of fans that's kind of being like, that's growing up with Disney for the first time, like it makes sense that they're making some of these changes and that they're bringing some things back and that they're like, you know, bringing back the genie and introducing kind of a new person to be the genie at the same time. If they're doing that, this is just an example. I'm not saying it's happening, but bringing back Robin Williams's voice and kind of transitioning out into a new voice actor for that is a really graceful way of doing it. And honestly, I know he said he wouldn't do it, but look, Josh Gad would be a great genie. He he has the energy. He's got respect for the character. And like you can feel like how much he loves the character. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to describe it. I just know that Josh Gad would respect the genie for what the genie is as a character and would respect the, the legacy of Robin Williams should he replace him as the genie one day. Perfectly said. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What else? Uh, more shorts shorts uh steamboat <laughs> silly i'm super excited about this let me tell you because i love steamboat willie i've made no secret about how much i love steamboat willie <laughs> and the fact that we're getting a brand new mickey short in a few weeks where he's not only watching steamboat willie but the mickey multiverse of madness happens when mickey replicates and there's all sorts of steamboat Willie Mickey is running around and wreaking havoc. And we even hear Mickey himself say something along the lines of, ah, aren't I a little stinker? Like it was just, <laughs> it, oh man, I, I love where this is going. I can't wait to see this. I, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch the trailer for this? Yeah, it's cute. It's super cute. Um, and just seeing how cheeky Mickey could be, is just that's like the perfect part there was that one part where he's just like oh there's so many of me's are yeah. out there and <laughs> it's just you just see mickey mickey in here and it's like okay you know we'll take it it's cool but it's it's cool to see that kind of like interaction but it's cute i i can't wait to see it i was gonna say he says i'm such a little scamp is what he says <laughs> oh that's what he says yes 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 and he also <laughs> says that's a lot of me's yeah. <laughs> and it's just like like um army of Mickeys of Steamboat Willies uh just everywhere crashing cars. It's like that uh like in Wreck-It Ralph when there's like a billion Ralphs yes. like yeah. building like <laughs> like Mecca Ralph or whatever. Like <laughs> Oh, are we going to get gonna a make... Mecca Mickey? Are we going to get Mecca Mickey Ooh. where it's like or a giant fist that grab, uh, made of Mickey's that grabs Mickey with Mickey? I don't know. 
This is That's bananas. the new version of Fantasmic, <laughs> Mecha Mickey. Mecha Mickey, gu- uh, Gundam just a, Mickey. Just a giant Mickey <laughs> hand pulling up Mickey. It's like, oh, this is my dream. That was the best I could do right now. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, I'm, again, I'm excited because I love Steamboat Willie. There's so much Steamboat Willie coming at us in every direction because the Disneyland Resort also announced that they're doing a brand new Steamboat Willie splash pad at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, it looks super cool. I mean, for a little water park area that's going to be just a, you know for in the little villa section of the Disneyland Hotel, uh, it's like half the boat sticking out of the ground. It looks super cool. That's coming... Uh, let's see, Disney Speedstorm. Y'all know that I've been playing a lot more games recently. Disney Speedstorm is definitely mm-hmm. one of those games, and I've been super excited. Season two has started. Last season, they did Monsters Incorporated. It all revolved around uh, Mike, Sully, Celia, and Randall. Those were the primary racers that you were trying to unlock. You started off with uh, whichever one you chose. I, I started with Mike. Uh, season two is bringing us Toy Story characters. We're getting Woody, Buzz, Jesse, and Bo Peep. Andy's room as a brand new track. And then we're getting an additional two uh, season. Like they have the season mode where you can kind of uh, bring up your characters and stuff like that. But they got two additional sections of medals that you can earn. And then on top of that, they're introducing Steamboat Pete and Steamboat Willie as challenges in season two. So you'll be able to play them locally if you're just doing kind of multiplayer local racing, but you'll be able to unlock them later in the season once those challenges appear. What does this tell me? Disney's trying really hard to keep the IP of Steamboat Willie alive so that they can fight for it when it comes up for renewal. Uh, And I am loving every second of it. (laughs) You know what? You got to get creative sometimes when it comes to that stuff, I guess. Right? uh, You know, it's making a case for them that it's... uh, it's uh, showing, you know, that the, that they're still using it and brand confusion and blah, blah, whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're going to lock it in. It'll be fine somehow or another. Uh, hey, so since we're talking yeah. about games, I want to get into great moments with Mr. Andrew soon. But uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Dreamlight Valley because... Uh, as you know, I have two accounts that I've been playing on. I have the account that I've been recording content with and I've been kind of following the story but I'm not really playing unless I'm recording it and then I have the alt account that we set up just so that I could play through the story and I could kind of get through whatever I wanted and I finished the game like with this latest update you do finally finish the game there is an ending you get a credit roll the whole nine yards right Uh, I know that if I, I put the game aside for a little bit because there wasn't much to do until this update happened. But I've been like so obsessed with Hogwarts Legacy that I really have mm-hmm. not wanted to play anything. Like I even backed out of Speedstorm a little bit because I wow. I wanted to finish Hogwarts Legacy. That's why Jason has gotten so good. Jason has been online playing almost every day and I'm so jealous. Um, but dude, Uh-oh. I'm gonna build up my characters and my racers, and we're doing this, buddy. We're gonna race. Um, but anyway, I finished Hogwarts Legacy, went back to Dreamlight Valley. 
I finished it on the alt account. And then I went back today because I wanted to record the content because there's a, you know, a new potato content and stuff like that. Man, I'm so behind on the on the original <laughs> account. Like you have no idea. I wasn't recording content because I, you know, I, I, you guys know I haven't really been feeling well. And so it's hard for me to just like yeah. jump into recording when I'm not feeling great. Right. And so I just kind of set it aside and I was playing the alt account for that purpose so that I can kind of enjoy the game without the pressure of having to record. And man, I haven't unlocked Nala and Simba in that one. Uh, I started playing oh, wow. it to try to catch up, and I barely unlocked Olaf and and Mirabelle. So I was only like a third <laughs> of the way through Olaf's quest in the in Frosted Heights, and I had just unlocked Mini Casita. So I was like super behind on this one. But the good thing is that. Uh, if I wanted to, it did implement the update and stuff, and I can record content with uh, Fairy Godmother. But I feel like I wouldn't be doing the game justice if I didn't actually finish all the other quests before I got to uh, Fairy Godmother. Mm -hmm. So now I have to unlock the Lion King door, and I have to bring Nala and Simba to Dreamlight Valley, and I have to level up Mirabelle and Olaf to level 10. And so there's quite a bit to do. But uh, I know both of you are kind of on the same boat. I know both of you haven't had an opportunity to play all that much either. Uh, are both of you as far behind as I am? Or uh, are you much further in and are planning on finishing the game anytime soon? Ooh, I still got some time. I started the Fairy Godmother um, storyline. That's all as far as I got <laughs> so that is it. I just started. I haven't done anything. Um, I think I spent more time finally seeing the house. That's it. I was just like, the mystery is solved. Ooh, I won't say anything, but ooh. <laughs> but then after that, I was like, okay, I need to go to sleep. I'm tired. And I'll come back to it whenever. And I haven't had a chance to do it. So yeah. maybe this weekend? I don't know. <laughs> Eventually. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, I was I up until uh recent so I was caught up all the way uh by the end of the the last star path. Everything I had nothing to do. So I just kind of set it down for a while cuz I wasn't doing anything and then uh, Melissa got me addicted on Monopoly Go and so all <laughs> I've been doing is playing that and I don't care about Dreamlight Valley right now, but I started it and I probably I think I'm like on a third the third or fourth uh, quest for fairy godmother, um, something to do with there's amethysts and sticks and things. So uh, okay. here, uh, get to, if you don't have amethysts, get get those. Apparently, I think mining and doing all the tasks is boring, like all the daily grind stuff. So I just don't do it, and then uh, I don't have anything when it needs when you need it for a quest. So that's uh, that's another I guess tip. Like do the stuff if you want to progress. You know, if you're bored, if you're you've completed stuff, just go mine once a day or something. Just all the spots and whatever. I don't know. So you have things, but I didn't do that. So now I I open the game and I'm like, oh, I gotta find three amethyst. Uh, I'll just close the game. So yeah. oh, and then you go in. It's like okay, here's a big update. Update number five. Whatever. Go into Scrooge's store. One new shirt. 
there was one new shirt as far as I could tell, and that was it for for new yeah. clothing items. So uh, I don't know what they've been doing over there. Frustrating. But they need to uh, get a crack a lacking on some Scrooge stuff for me to buy because it's kind of pointless going into Scrooge's store. And yeah, so um, yeah, I, I haven't progressed far enough through the Fairy Godmother. I'll probably finish it the next couple weeks uh, at the rate I'm playing now. But maybe I'll get bored this weekend and and sit on it for a while because I can't play Monopoly Go all day. Yeah. So on the alt account, because I've already completed the storyline, I'm essentially mm-hmm. at the point where I'm pretty much just kind of grinding on a daily you know, to recoup some of the stuff. So the tip that Andrew gave right now, I will vouch for that. If you don't want to play a lot, take at least, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to run through all of the lands and do one of these things. Collect the flowers, mine the rocks, or catch like five to 10 fish uh, because they will help you. Um, but really, collecting the flowers and mining are going to be your best friends because as you progress in the game, regardless of the star pads or regardless of the challenges that you do, there's always something that you have to build. There's always things that require like 20 or 30 of a, a specific flower color or something. Uh, and even star paths will require... like it, one of the. I'll give you an example. In this star path... One of the challenges is collect yellow, collect 20 or 20 or 30. I don't remember. Collect flower, yellow flowers with Wally. Right. And so you can sit there and, you know, run around the land or all of the lands and collect yellow flowers, which spawn like a couple at a time every 30 minutes or so in each of the lands. But if you've already collected 20 or 30 of these yellow flowers, you can take them out of a chest, drop them all, hang out with Wally, and then pick them all up. And that counts as you picking 20 flowers. Or if you have five of the yellow ones, pick them up, drop them, pick them up again, drop them again mm-hmm. until you add up to what you need. That was one of the tips Mel gave, you know, several updates ago. So those things really help you progress in the game much faster uh you can do you can do it in a couple of different ways you can either have one chest in each land and just throw everything into the chest and you move on to the next land do the same thing or you can be super ocd about it like i am and have entire rooms dedicated to collections and then go back to your house and drop everything off in each individual chest that's absolutely overkill you don't need to do that. But I got bored one day and I just wasn't feeling getting <laughs> up and I sat there for six hours and arranged these rooms. Do I regret it? In a way, because it is kind of a pain. <laughs> On my main account, everything is in its individual chest and it's kind of a pain to walk into each one and drop when you only have like one or two of each one. In the On the alt account, I think I took a better approach where I have, let's say, one room that I've decorated to look like the jungle using some of the Lion King stuff, and I have multiple chests, but each chest is dedicated to one land. So I drop all the flowers of one land into each individual chest, and so I only make eight Mm -hmm. drops versus 
30 drops when I go drop off all the flowers that I collect. So there's a lot of ways of doing it, but definitely a tip I can, I can get behind. So I'm going to try to stay spo uh, spoiler free when I say this next part, but uh, we weren't wrong about some of the speculation that we threw out regarding the treehouse and regarding, you know, the, the, the other castle, the dark castle and stuff like that. I will say that from the very beginning of us playing this game, I remember in one of the original videos that I posted on YouTube, I made a comment about what if this is all a dream, right? And then I realized watching the intro again mm -hmm. that they tell you from the beginning that it's a dream. <laughs> so it's not like I had this crazy epiphany. <laughs> they tell you from the very beginning that you're dreaming, right? <laughs> so uh, that... You know, I, I just felt kind of dumb after realizing that. But the game itself, after finishing it, I I have to say that, you know, I wasn't... You guys know that for a long time I went without playing video games. Like, I, I kind of played a little here and there, but I mm -hmm. didn't really jump into it a lot because I didn't make time for it. I was, you know, just working on so many things and really overworking myself is what I was doing with so many projects. And when I started playing these games again, like it really started with Animal Crossing, I think last year, it really encompassed what I think Dreamlight Valley ultimately stands for. And that's the idea of childlike wonder. You know, and it's not just like what the Disney company brings, but in general, it's that sense of like when I was playing, like I really like, how do I describe this? Like when you play video games like that, especially these cozy games, you lose sight of how old you are. You lose sight of the the woes of the world. It's what Disneyland has done for a lot of people for many years, right? When they would walk through I've talked about this how I, I felt like that about Disneyland you know whenever I, I described it that I would walk through the gates and it's this bubble that everything just kind of flies to the wayside right your troubles seem to melt away and that's kind of what something like Dreamlight Valley did for me as well it's something that Animal Crossing did and ultimately it's this commentary on remember your inner child you know, remember how your inner child is happy. Feed your inner child. Like now that I'm done with the game, that's what I feel. You know, it's what Disneyland does to people. It's what Disney World does to people. It's what the Disney company in general does for people, right? And I'm glad that it's not the end because uh, they teased multiple things. Once you're done, you'll see the teases. The, by, the, by the way, when the credit rolls in true Disney recent fashion, oh, there's an end credit scene. So stay till the end of the credits once you're done oh, because there's an end okay. credit scene and it's a huge tease for the fall. So make sure you do that. Oh. Uh, also, I will say that uh, once you're done, you're really not done because as soon as you finish the game, a brand new mystery immediately starts. And I'm going to tell you, it revolves around Skull Rock. So oh, nice. you get to keep playing after. And uh, so there's so many surprises. 
Uh, I I dig the way that it ended because regardless of your age, you'll I think you'll be able to connect with the ending of the game. You know, whether you're a child playing or whether you're you're an adult playing, there's gonna be a little something in there for everyone to connect with it. So uh, I'm eager to hear how each of you feel at the end of the game once you finish it. And uh, yeah, if anybody else has finished the game, uh, send me a message. I don't want to make it too public until more people get to it. I know we have a handful of people playing over on Discord, but feel free to send me a message. Uh, I'd love to talk about it and how it made you feel and what you're excited about because I got multiple things that I'm excited about as far as what's coming in the game later this year. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we should say it's it's not the end of the game. It, this is the end of this storyline. Like, I don't want to get yes. like people like confused because there's like correct. The, it's the game will go on. That's not like a hut. You're not hundred percenting the game. You're not. It's not the end. It's like I'm my guess is they put the credits there because like there are certain writers on this whole storyline and maybe some of them are leaving or something and they're like, okay, this is this story. And so it's the culmination of that. And then we can go from there. And that's why they put this, this credit scene, this ending scene, but it's not going anywhere. It hasn't even made its public release free release. yet. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that because yes, you are correct. It is just the end of this part of the story. You can think of this as chapter one or season one of the game. That's what's ending or that's what ended. We're getting ready for season two, especially like I said, once you fit, I'm so excited. I'm like hitting the mic over here. Um, like I said, <laughs> at the end of the credits, you do get a tease for the next part of the story, which I guess we can call season two. So yes, thank you for making that correction. But anyway, enough Dreamlight Valley for today. It's time to start wrapping this episode up. And as we've been doing, we've been uh, doing our own little homage to the Disney 100 Years of Wonder celebration with our segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, with the great Mr. Andrew. That's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so this year or this year, I keep I I keep saying this year, but no, the years <laughs> this week. We got so many weeks. We're on like week. I don't even know what week we're on. Too many weeks. This week, the years are 1969 and 1970. Uh, for films in 1969, on March 21st, Smith, uh, June 11th, uh, both Hang Your Hat on the Wind and Rascal, and on December 24th, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Um, on April 14th, the Academy Awards an Oscar for the film Winnie Pooh and the Blustery Day. And released on December 24th, 1968, The Love Bug becomes 1969's biggest box office hit and the second highest grossing film in Disney history to date after Mary Poppins. Uh, for TV in 1969, 18 episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney air on NBC. Uh, for Parks in 1969. In February, Disney officials reach an agreement with 18 labor unions pledging regular pay increases in exchange for no strikes during construction of the first phase of Walt Disney World. On March 23rd, Herbie Day is held at Disneyland, a contest uh, for decorated Volkswagen cars in promotion for the film The Love Bug. Uh, hundreds of Volkswagen Beetle cars drive down Main Street, USA. 
On April 30th, Disney shows the 16mm film Walt Disney World Phase 1 at a Florida uh, press conference. The film shows the master plan and artist depictions for Walt Disney World. On May 6th, Roger Brogy and Earl Vilmer arranged the purchase of five railroad engines in Yucatan, Mexico for the use in Walt Disney World. The price is $32,750. Also this year, the Captain Hook's Galley Restaurant opens in Fantasyland at Disneyland. Former name for this restaurant was the Chicken of the Sea Pirate Ship and Restaurant. On July 20th, Disney broadcast the televised moon landing of the Apollo 11 uh, in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Uh, On August 9th, the Haunted Mansion opens in New Orleans Square, becoming the most technologically advanced attraction of that time. On August 16th, Disneyland attendance hits a record 8 uh, 82,516 visitors in one day. Uh, and on October 30th, Disney hosts a press conference at the Ramada Inn in OC, Florida. Uh, Ochi? I don't know how you say that. Anyway, in Florida, unveiling models and plans for Phase 1 of Walt Disney World. Uh, other notable events of 1969. On January 8th, Disney submits for uh, to the U.S. Forest Service uh, its master plan for the proposed Mineral King Ski Resort. And on January 21st, the U.S. Forest Service announces formal approval of the Disney Master Plan for the Mineral King Resort. On March 25th, President Richard Nixon uh, presents a Congressional Medal to Lillian Disney on behalf of Walt Disney in recognition for promoting conservation and international friendship. On June 5th in San Francisco, the Sierra Club files a lawsuit against the U.S. Forest Service to prevent Disney's proposed Mineral King Ski Resort from being built. The court is asked to issue a preliminary injunction to halt work on the project pending the outcome of the trial. On June 25th, Walt Disney Education Materials Company is incorporated. Uh, and the first major production of Snow White's uh, Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is performed in St. Louis, Missouri from August 18th to the 31st. And on December 25th, the live arena show Disney on Parade uh, debuts in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, And this is the start of 22 performances, uh, or sorry, 22 cities in 27 weeks. Uh, Birthdays for 1969, we have January 1st, Vern Troyer. January 14th, Dave Grohl. January 18th, Dave Bautista. January 27th, Pat Oswalt. February 11th, Jennifer Aniston. March 11th, Terrence Howard. April 6th, Paul Rudd. June 11th, Peter Dinklage. July 13th, Ken Jeong. July 24th, Jennifer Lopez. August 28th, Jack Black. September 27th, Paul Rudish. October 1st, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, And November 4th, both Sean Diddy Combs and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, 1970 that brings us to for the films in 1970 uh, films released were on February 11th King of the Grizzlies June 19th The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit July 1st The Boatniks and December 24th The Aristocats Uh, in February Disney announces that the film The Song of the South has been permanently withdrawn from future consideration for re-release and on April 7th the Academy Awards an Oscar for the short film It's Tough to Be a Bird for TV in 1970 14 episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney air on NBC and on March 10th NBC airs Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree for Parks in 1970 On January 15th, the Legacy of Walt Disney display opens on Main Street uh, at Disneyland. 
On January 16th in Florida, Disney opens the Preview Center for Walt Disney World to the public. Also in January, the Reedy Creek Improvement District passes the Epcot Building Code, allowing construction of Walt Disney World. By June, 100 million people have visited Disneyland. On August 6th, the Youth International Party, Yippies, hold the informal first international yippie powwow at Disneyland. Police were called to round up the troublemakers that took over Tom Sawyer's Island and declared it theirs by raising a flag, filled the now-closed uh, Adventures Through Inner Space attraction with marijuana smoke, lit trash cans on fire, and tried to liberate Minnie Mouse, whom they saw as oppressed because of her female gender and subordinate role to Mickey. After a tense day of breaking up the groups, Disneyland Vice President of Operations Dick Nunes ordered the park close at 7.10 p.m. In total, 23 of about 300 hippies, or hippies, sorry, yippies are arrested on varying charges. Uh, in September, 80 members of the American Guild of Variety Artists and 48 members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSE, uh, stage a strike at the Disneyland gate seeking higher wages. This is the first employee strike in the park's 15-year history. Also this year, the 10th and final annual Dixieland at Disneyland show was held, and the Orange Bird was created as a mascot for the Florida Citrus Commission in exchange for them sponsoring the Tiki Room attraction at Magic Kingdom. Other notable events of 1970, on June 27th, David R. Smith, a bibliographer at the University of California in Los Angeles, is hired and establishes the Walt Disney Archives. In New York City, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is held, including a large Mickey Mouse balloon. And on December 27th, San Marino issues, issues 10 posted stamps of Walt Disney and various Disney animated characters. The birthdays for 1970, we have January 30th, 31st, Manny Driver, February 3rd, Warwick Davis, February 14th, Simon Pegg, February 18th, Susan Egan, February 23rd, Niecy Nash, March 18th, Queen Latifah, March 20th, Linda Larkin, uh, April 22nd, Leslie Iwerks, May 18th, Tina Fey, July 30th, Christopher Nolan, August 2nd, Kevin Smith, August 6th, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, August 26th, Melissa McCarthy, October 6th, Matt Vogel, October 25th, Adam Goldberg, and December 1st, Sarah Silverman. So that has been great moments with me, Mr. Andrew, uh, for the years 1969 and 1970. How many people do you think heard Christopher Nolan? They're like, he's DC. He did Batman, not remembering that he did the prestige for Disney. Well, I thought it was funny. I was like, okay, I'll put Christopher Nolan. But it was like three in a row. It was July 30th Chris directors, Christopher Nolan, Kevin Smith, M. Night Shyamalan, all the same year. That's awesome. And I mean, Adam Goldberg's in there, director of, creator of the Goldbergs. He he also worked on uh, The Muppet Mayhem on uh, Disney+. Plus. yeah. And Matt That's Vogel, awesome. Muppet Muppet uh, performer Matt Vogel in there too. So, yeah, yeah, big years. You got some yippies. You got the Disney archives. You got uh, Haunted Mansion. You got lots of stuff these two years. Dave Smith, a hero to us all. All right, that's it. That is going to wrap up this episode. We got a new Quizneyland this week. Preview, yes, we do. What's coming up? Uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about some windows, uh, some snakes. 
Uh, some other stuff. <laughs> um, I think there's a question on. Uh, I don't remember. I just recorded it like two hours ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> I know there's so there's snakes. Uh, there of uh, uh, funny TV shows. Um, and I don't want to like like uh like spoil it too much, but those this is you'll get all this in the Instagram post. And what was the last one? Uh, it's a surprise. Uh, something else. There's another a surprise always, one. There's a surprise one. Oh, animated features. Snakes? That's something on animated features. Why is it always got because be- uh, <laughs> snakes? You know, we got we got to talk about snakes. They're important into know? the ecosystem of stuff. I don't know. All We're right, talk about it. you'll you'll figure you'll you'll see. Okay, sounds good. So that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Make sure to also listen to Quizzing Land this week. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcateers Network.